Dr. David Perlmutter. Welcome to The Empowering Neurologist. Today, uh, I'm going to spend some time with my good friend Pete Evans down in Australia. I'll tell you a little bit about Pete. He's a, a really amazing man. Uh, he's renowned uh, globally uh, for his work as a chef. He's a restaurateur, author, and television presenter. His passion for food and a healthy lifestyle inspires individuals and families virtually around the world, including Australia, New Zealand, here in the States. Uh, a love for food is what saw Pete begin his career as a chef and a restaurateur at the young age of 19, uh, at which point he opened some restaurants, uh, which ultimately were award-winning restaurants nationally down in Australia. And he also had the opportunity to uh, cook in some very well-respected restaurants globally. He's not only cooked for the general public, but has cooked for a variety of luminaries around the world, like uh, the Prince and Princess of Denmark. Uh, he cooked, as he was proud to say, a private dinner for Martha Stewart, and even represented his hometown at the Gala G'day USA uh, for 600 people at, uh, up in New York City. His career moved from the kitchen into the lounge room, and many TV appearances included Lifestyle Channel's uh, Home Show, uh, Postcards from Home, Fish, My Kitchen Rules, Movable Feast, and his latest, The Paleo Way. Uh, and stay tuned for yet another program called Food is Medicine, which is in uh, pre-production as we interview him tonight. Uh, he is the author of over 10 best-selling cookbooks, uh, which have inspired individuals and families in their kitchens uh, around the world. He's also a simple guy. Uh, he's a family guy. He loves uh, the ocean. He surfs. Uh, and he maintains his own healthy lifestyle and learns from that in terms of then giving out that information through his writings and his social media outreach. When he changed his life uh, going paleo, and we're going to talk about that with the interview, uh, it was uh, it gave him what he describes as a real abundance of mental, physical, and emotional uh, changes, which led to strength in those areas uh, and paving the way for him uh, to really change his understanding of food and his beliefs about food, uh, really focused on the notion that food can be and really is medicine. Uh, he sh uh, indicates that food should be our first port of call for a healthier life. And uh, he says, well, you know, we say there's uh, the proof is in the pudding and hearing uh, Pete speak about the paleo way is enough to get you excited. Almost nothing will. Uh, as a certified health coach with qualifications from the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, Pete wants to change the lives of everyone who's around him. And as you'll see with this interview, that will include you. So let's just say hi to Pete Evans. Well, hello, Pete Evans. Thanks for joining us. Good day, Doctor. How are you, mate? Good day. Well, I'm doing great. How are things down in Australia? It's beautiful. It's a sunny day outside. Everything's good. Family's healthy. I couldn't ask for anything more. Well, again, I want to thank you for uh, the, the, the great care you took of us down there when we visited, when we had dinner together, and when we had uh, that great opportunity to participate in your uh, symposium uh, the, in the afternoon. That was really terrific. Um, uh, you know, fair to say uh, a lot of our viewers may not be familiar with you yet, but I want them to be, and I, I certainly want them to uh, look at your book, get your book, Paleo Chef, and certainly your new book coming out. Why don't you show us the cover of your new book that we can hope to see soon? Hold that one right up there. We got see that with that handsome guy on the cover. 
Well, I actually co-wrote it with a, a wonderful friend of mine called Helen Patteron, who's a who's a naturopath, and she's been working with especially child's nutrition over the last 10, 15 years. She's a wealth of knowledge, and uh, we're very proud of this. It's an interesting book because it, it, it really is a tool book or a handbook for people to understand. I mean, it's, it's, your, it's right up your alley. You love talking about the microbiome and how to look after it and how, to, how, to, um, how important it is for us, especially in this day and age, of how to reclaim our health. And it's been a wonderful journey for me and for so many others that have adopted this style of, of life. And we have you to thank as one of the, um, the, our leading mentors. So thank oh, you, Dr. Wow. I appreciate that. Well, you know, uh, it, it's a little unusual that we are, uh, and I'm very pleased that we have a chef on the program today. You know, we have a lot of doctors who talk about nutrition, but you're the nuts and bolts guy who is really making it all come to life in the kitchen and have really, um, you know, defined yourself as being a, a paleo chef. So what, what tur uh, turned you around and what made you sort of uh, gravitate towards the notion of paleo and what does that even mean? Okay, so let's just define paleo first and foremost. And, and for me, as it was introduced to me by a very dear friend of yours as well, uh, Nora Gagaudis, who wrote Primal Body, Primal Mind, um, actually, my wife was reading her book one day, and she goes, "Pete, you might want to read this. It's it's it makes a lot of sense." And uh, I got a little jab in the ribs. <laughs> I thought, "Okay, I better have a read of this." And I'd always been very interested in healthy nutrition, and I read her book, and it just made a lot of sense. So we adopted the principles for ourselves, and within within four to eight weeks, we just you know, I lost a couple of chins. Six pack started a show that hadn't been there since I was a teenager. And apart from the physical attributes, the, the mental clarity and also just overall general well-being, it was like a light had been switched on. And I said being about a teenager, now at 43 years of age, I feel better than I have in my entire life. Mm, I know that feeling. Because even as a teenager, I had digestive issues, I had sinus issues, uh, I was lethargic, constantly getting sick. Um, so now as 43, I don't even think I'm at my peak yet. And that's quite exciting. I think every year that I've been doing this, I get stronger and stronger and stronger. And we've been following this lifestyle now for six years. So what got me into it in the first place was um, a couple of things. Always had a, a fascination about health and nutrition. And, and a couple of decades ago, I went down the vegetarian path because I thought that was the best thing for the planet, for the animals, and for our health. And I felt great for a year, but then slowly uh, ill health started to creep back in, in a major way. So I got a little bit disillusioned about the whole health movement. Uh, and it wasn't until 15 years later that, I, uh, that we came across Nora's book and then your book and, and uh, other, other of my mentors and our mentors' uh, amazing work. Um, so, and I should also say my daughter was also born with a tumour, um, so she had to have an operation at two weeks of age, and it was removed, but ever since that day, her, I guess, her immune system has been compromised, as, as you could appreciate. So, through her journey as well, it all led us to what paleo is. Now, paleo for us, I know it's a dirty word for a lot of people and a lot of people don't really understand it. And I use the word paleo because it was how this lifestyle was introduced to me. 
uh, through Nora's work, through Lauren Cadane's work, and Mark Sisson, and many many of the um, our our mentors. So I don't have an issue with the word itself, but the definition that I like to use is it's a way of eating that removes basically any the most common foods that can cause us to have inflammation in our body. That's basically it. And we celebrate the ones that we know offer us the best chance of great health. That's it in a nutshell. Now, that might differ for a few people, you know. Some people might have to also take away other inflammatory foods. Um, but it becomes, what I say to people is paleo is a bloody great place to start and then you can bio-individualize it if you want to. And that might be because you can't tolerate nuts or eggs or seeds or nightshades, uh, dairy, whatever it may be. So it's a bloody good place to start, and I keep saying that to people. Well, you know, you are arguably the, uh, by far and away the most popular chef uh, in Australia, the most well-known, uh, quite a personality. Uh, people, you know, recognize you walking down the street when, uh, when we were in Australia. And even in New Zealand, I saw your, you and your wife on the cover of the People magazine kind of a thing when you got married. So, I mean, you had established yourself as a well-known personality in the culinary field and then made this uh, shift to a more of a paleo, well, uh, fully committed to uh, a paleo. And what happened to that celebrity chef? I mean, what did, the, what did, what did Australia think suddenly Pete Evans is paleo, whereas you were cooking desserts and pasta before? How did that go over? Uh, it's been, it's definitely been an adventure and an eye-opening adventure for sure to see uh, exactly how the media actually has dealt with this. Um, once you're on the flip side of and understand how media works, it, it makes a lot of sense. They're after sensational headlines. They're after uh, basically ridiculing anyone that doesn't stick to the norm. And, and that's fair enough. You know, when you stick your head out and say, hey, listen, maybe you should think about the type of water that you're drinking or maybe um, the way that we're farming our cattle for dairy isn't exactly kosher, so to speak. Or maybe we shouldn't be eating so many grains and, and has anyone actually actually gone on the record and started talking about GMOs against organics in, in our position? Um, so coming from a celebrity chef background and then all of a sudden standing for something that we know helps basically everybody that adopts this in some way. We know that it doesn't really make anyone sicker from cutting out uh, excess grain consumption or excess dairy consumption or, and then celebrating an abundance of vegetables and, and having a moderate amount of meat and choosing organic and free range and wild caught and I mean it's common sense but we we're not living in a in an environment or a society at the moment where all of these choices would be considered common <coughs> excuse me um, but sure it's it's definitely created a huge debate and it's something that I'm quite happy to uh, be the instigator or the initiator, um, whether it is uh, positive or negative, there, as long as people are talking about it, I think it's, 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 a, it's a move in the right direction. It's, it's really being an agent of change. And I think you said something just now that, that I want to amplify, and that is 
uh, whether it's right or wrong, at least people are talking about it and are not uh, blindly uh, altruistic in terms of their food choices. Uh, at least uh, you're raising the question. So maybe some people might just want to have uh, dig a little deeper and try to figure out, well, maybe there is something to this movement. And, you know, the other thing is that you're, you're getting people back to the way uh, that we've eaten for 99.6% of our time on this planet, basically a lower carb, grain, virtually grain-free, higher fat, higher fiber approach that really speaks to the human genome in a way that it's used to being spoken to uh, and that has been cultivated, this understanding of how food interfaces with our genome for a couple of million years. I mean, that was the premise of Nora Gidgaudis' book. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, I sort of feel like the tide is turning. I mean, it's actually the media sort of side in Australia at the moment is actually ramping up. Before it was bits and pieces and a little bit of ridicule and sensationalism journalism where they're actually misquoting to, to, I, I guess create that uh, this guy's crazy type thing for advocating eating more vegetables. However, over the last few months, we've actually seen it ramp up, which I, which I believe is a good thing because it feels like there must be, uh, they must be feeling the, the, the pinch, so to speak. And, you know, I don't want to generalize it who they are because... <laughs> I think our viewers know exactly who you're talking about. Let me ask you, Pete... Um, can you bring us up to speed on uh, GMO in Australia? Where are you in relation to where we are in the United States? I know it's pervasive, but what about maybe the anti-GMO movement? Uh, it's, it, it's happening here in Australia for sure. And it is, I mean, you just saw that Bayer has just, I believe, bought Monsanto in the last, uh, very, very recently. So that's a, that's a whole new kettle of fish that... <laughs> That'll be an interesting one to watch over the coming coming years or decades. Um, basically, Australia does everything that America does um, in a very in a in a smaller smaller way. Just because we're a smaller population, we have twenty five million people or so, whereas America you have over three hundred million. But basically, we're a, we're a very small America. Uh, the good things and also the the bad things, and GMOs are, are one of them. Um, we have a, a wonderful organics movement here in Australia and it is growing. Uh, we see it in, in the main shopping centres and supermarkets that the organic uh, business model is rapidly increasing. I think it's double digits every year, which is, which is fantastic. I believe that in the future and now, if you want to live healthy, healthily, you have the opportunity to do so. I believe that... If you want the access to these types of foods, they're, they're available for us now. But I do see over the, the coming decade that there will be a, a large disparity. Uh, I've said that health requires knowledge and action. In other words, you have to receive the information and then beyond that, it's all well and good. You have to act on the information. And, you know, our, our task, uh, our chosen uh, mission, yours and mine, oddly enough, a, a chef and a physician, uh, that shouldn't sound too disparate, and unfortunately it does, but it, it really isn't. Uh, our, our mission is to provide the knowledge and hope then that those people who receive the knowledge, who watch this program, who read your books, who read the stuff you publish online, watch your television program, 
will then take the action and implement and that will you know pave the way for better health but it's it you know i i fully get where you're coming from in terms of what we're up against in fact we had talked before we went on the air about uh one of the there's a physician in australia who's being a bit raked over the coals because of his stance in terms of some nutritional ideas what's happening with that uh, he's a dear friend of ours. His name is Dr. Gary Fetke. He's an uh, orthopedic surgeon from Launceston in Tasmania. And he's been a, um, a wonderful spokesperson for the low-carb, healthy-fat movement here in Australia for, for many years, uh, a former cancer survivor. Um, he's written a beautiful book about uh, looking at the world through different different lens called Inversion. Uh, I recommend everyone have a read of that. And Gary basically... Part of his job is he amputates people's limbs, and a lot of the time it's it's type two diabetics. Um, so he doesn't want to see this keep happening. I mean, and he talks about how much of an increase it's been over the last couple of decades for him. Whereas before it might have been one one person a month, and now it's a few people a week that he's operating on for this um, for this issue. So. He wanted to get some answers and help offer his patients solutions so that hopefully they don't get to, to see him with his knife. And recently he has had a complaint uh, and it might be interesting to find out where that complaint came from because it's, it is fascinating, but I might let him, him explain where it's come from. And so the Medical Association or APRA here in Australia has basically tried to silence him from giving any nutritional information. Now he is working with uh, the medical association on how to, I guess, navigate this. He, I mean, he's a beautiful man, and he's 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 he has a lot of common sense, and he has a lot of patience too, uh, which I could learn a lot from. And he is going about it the right way. Now it's going to be wonderful to see how this unfolds in the public and and in in the in the private space. Um, but on the flip side of that, within the last two weeks, we've had uh, the medical journal here of Australia, the MGA, um, basically say that doctors should be the only people that are giving out nutritional advice. Hmm. I had um, the head of the Australian Medical Association tweet about two weeks ago, and he, he, this is what the president of the Ameri Australian Medical Association said on his tweet, he said, GPs or doctors should be giving out nutritional advice and you should not get any nutritional advice from hashtag paleo Pete. Now, That's you, hashtag paleo Pete. Why is the president of the Australian Medical Association going on Twitter and hashtag paleo Pete? It's all and good. Then, it's and all then good. It does nothing but that, good things for you. But then also at the same time saying that nutritional advice should come from doctors. But then on the flip side, we have a doctor that is an orthopedic surgeon that is at the coalface of the diabetes 2 epidemic in Australia. He has treated thousands and thousands of people and helped them basically reverse or manage their type 2 diabetes so they don't need to go under the knife. And now they're trying to silence him. Now... For me, I'm not the smartest man in the world, but something's not right there. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it's it's nothing unusual, uh, uh, what you're saying. We hear that going on here quite a bit. I will say that 
uh, as of late, I've been really impressed with at least some of the publications coming out from the AMA, the Journal of the American Medical Association, because there's really some cool stuff coming out lately that I think is really reflecting the notion that they're broadening uh, their interest and they aren't as, uh, as uh, beholding to um, industry as they used to be. I mean, a recent study came out, for example, that showed uh, in, I think it was 75,000 people, a 44% increased risk of dementia in those people who take proton pump acid blocking drugs, which are ubiquitous, at least here in the States. So I'm really thrilled to see those kinds of articles coming out. And, you know, uh, apropos your, um, the, uh, the mention of diabetes being so rampant, uh, as uh, just before I, I came on to interview you this evening, I was uh, reading the American uh, College of uh, uh, um, Nutrition uh, journal, and um, they um, had an interesting report about significant reduction of uh, both fasting sugar as well as the average blood sugar, which we call here hemoglobin A1C, in type 2 diabetics who are simply given vitamin D, which is so significantly deficient across Western cultures or developed in developed countries. So that said, uh, his interest in uh, helping people lower their blood sugars is profound. Uh, it transcends orthopedics, that's for sure. It has a huge role to play in neurology as it relates to Alzheimer's, coronary artery disease, and even cancer. So, you know, uh, God bless him for hanging in there and for having so much patience. Uh, truth of the matter is, <clears throat> only about 30%, 25 to 30% of the medical schools here in America actually have any nutritional requirement whatsoever for doctors to be. I, myself in medical school, had zero hours of nutritional training. So, you know, everything um, that I've learned along the way has been pretty much a la carte. I taught to myself and, and you know, by attending seminars and, and, and teaching and uh, studying. So it's, you know, it's a real question, should doctors even be giving uh, nutritional advice? Because truthfully, uh, by and large, they don't have a, a robust knowledge base for making those recommendations. And now we've just learned that the information that doctors have used over the years to make those recommendations coming from the peer review journals was highly influenced by sugar, by the sugar industry. It was on the front page of the New York Times just a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, industry still uh, is at work behind the scenes in pulling strings, but I think we're starting to draw the curtain back and, uh, you know, recognize that, that people like yourself who are out there saying, look, we've got to cut the carbs and sugar. We've got to welcome fat back to the table and eat more fiber. Uh, and you make it happen for us. It's not just like a guy like myself saying this is what you should do. You are absolutely providing those incredible recipes and showing people really how to make it work. So you're helping a lot of people beyond just giving them great menus and great, uh, great ways to make dinner. Well, it's interesting. We just recently filmed a, uh, a, a special for a TV network, primetime free-to-air network here in Australia. And, and I worked with Dr. Gary Fetke, actually, before he was uh, threatened to be silenced. And um, we took a gentleman in his mid-60s, type 2 diabetic for many years, and we put him on a low-carbohydrate, healthy-fat approach. And within 10 to 12 weeks, he had lost 20-something kilograms. Uh, I think that's 35 or 40 pounds in, in for the Americans, and in dog years, <laughs> he he got off four of his medications, and 
he no longer is considered to have type 2 diabetes. So he reversed type 2 diabetes. Here and in America, we are told that you reverse your type 2 diabetes or you improve your numbers, basically, you don't reverse it, by taking drugs. That's the go-to. You know, lower your A1C by taking drugs uh, with so little emphasis on lifestyle management. So, it, you know, I hear you loud and clear. And, I mean, that was just a... We, we filmed that over a period of time. Uh, I'm also doing an, another series uh, next year, actually, for TV where we're going to be taking families and documenting them again with blood tests before and after. Uh, my goal and what I'm passionate about is, for sure, you're a doctor, I'm a chef, we make a great team, and basically I'm trying to distill or translate all the information from yourself and your contemporaries as well that are my mentors and deliver that into beautiful, delicious recipes that people will feel confident to cook at home and that their loved ones who they're cooking them for, if they're cooking other than themselves, will go, that is delicious. And I want to get it to the point, if possible, where it doesn't need a title, just by default, this type of nutrient-dense, beautiful food shouldn't really need a, a name because it'll be the default, basically, way that we should be eating. Now, that might take five years, 10 years, 20 years. Who knows? Old when habits this die hard, uh, and, uh, and you're right. Uh, but it's you know, certainly most important to light the candle here and, and show the way. And you know, truthfully, as I mentioned, it's knowledge and then action. Plenty of people are not going to dial in and uh, take, the, uh, take the steps necessary to make this happen. But when you prove it like you're planning to do, and you've already done in a case of one, uh, we're doing a, a similar program in the springtime here on, um, on one of the large uh, television networks where we're going to have thousands of people enrolled. And you know, our goal is to lose 100, 200, 300,000 pounds amongst the entire audience that we deal with. And basically focus on exactly the same sort of approach that you're uh, dealing with. And you know what? When, when we finish our interview, maybe we'll talk about that because you may be able to uh, contribute some of your recipes for that. I think it would be really helpful for you. Love to. I'd love to. And it's um, uh, at the end of the day, it has to be delicious. <laughs> and you know more than anybody that this food is delicious. In actual fact, I've been cooking for over 25 years professionally. I've cooked over a million meals with these two hands for the public and for myself, obviously, and my family. The food that I eat now, since going paleo or low-carb, healthy fat or whatever you want to call it, is more delicious than anything that I've eaten before. I, I, it's I, good I, I mean, you're celebrating it. It's food as medicine. And, and when you, your mind is involved in that, um, it, it just gives it a, a whole another a whole other layer of appreciation. So I'm, I'm with you. So if it tastes good, that's the way you can... First, the education comes. This is why you should be doing this for your health, for your blood sugars, for your mental health, for your relationships. I mean, it's a big, big picture. Um, but once they taste it, then they're just like, wow, it actually tastes better. And that's... That's the second hook. The first is the why, then it's the, oh, there's actually pleasure in this. Because I, I think a lot of people, when, they, when they're thinking about eating healthy or going on a diet, and I just call this a lifestyle or a way of life, is that they think they're going to be deprived of some sort of pleasure. And I can tell you, my hand on my heart, that you will 
be in gastronomic heaven when you eat this way. You gastronomic will gastronomic heaven. I'm liking that. <laughs> And that's coming from an idea. Let me thank you for for spending time with us today. And uh, I sure miss you and hope you get together when you get here to uh, to America in uh, 17. Uh, I know you have a new book coming out and we'll uh, be delighted to share that information with everybody. So, uh, you know, we're looking forward to seeing you. we'll, We'll pal around together and do something. I would love that. And uh, thank you to your listeners for uh, giving me the opportunity to to have a chat about delicious food. It's not that hard. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Dave. Well, I sure enjoyed that. Pete's a terrific guy. And as you you learned from the interview, uh, I've uh, spent quite a bit of time with him. My wife and I visited uh, Australia and uh, had dinner with him and I actually filmed with him in New York. I've gotten to know him really well. He'll be visiting the United States with his new book, and um, he's really bringing about a bounty of of goodness and health uh, by making uh, good food choices available to all of us in a very nutritious and highly delicious way. So Pete Evans, a terrific guy, and I really enjoyed the interview. Uh, That's all for now. Thanks for joining us. I'm Dr. David Perlmutter.